Hello and welcome to the podcast series Raw Talent with me, Fiona Abrahams, where I am deep diving behind the scenes into the careers, aspirations and inspiration of the many talented and skilled individuals who enable the fashion and creative industries to feed our passion for clothing and product. Throughout this podcast series, I will be reaching out to the global community, looking at the industry through their eyes, asking people to share insights about the work they do, how they got started, their most compelling experiences, the trials and tribulations they have faced and overcome, who they have met along the way, the lasting friendships formed, the part culture plays in the work they do, and their thoughts on the future of the industry following this pandemic. I am Fiona Abrahams. My goal with this series is to bring you first-hand insights into the lives and professions of the individuals who make up the complex network of interdependent businesses that form the global fashion and creative industries. COVID-19 is having a deep impact. My business, along with many others, has taken a significant hit and we find ourselves unable to trade due to the ricochet effect across the industry. This has prompted me and others to explore alternative ways of staying connected by deepening our digital footprint and creating new initiatives that enable us to share our stories and experiences with the aim of inspiring, connecting and making you laugh. As the series evolves, I will be exploring different topics and talking to a wide range of people from around the world, across the many disciplines that play a vital part in the creation and production of our clothes and products. This includes designers, PR, marketing and e-commerce professionals, stylists, fabric and garment technologists, product developers, production specialists, sales executives, buyers, merchandisers, retail and operations staff, and of course, senior executives. People are drawn to work in the creative industries, often because they are inspired by creativity itself. You will hear the craziest stories and gain an insight into the psychology of the industry, informed by a melting pot of diverse personalities. You will see how it conspires to proactively create, corrupt, flourish, destroy and unite. My aim through this series is for you to hear how people react or respond in a wide range of situations, shaped by choices, leadership and culture. Together with my guests, you will hear how we all traverse the game of life and see the vital role communication plays in everything we do. I have endless stories from my career and could easily make a highly entertaining and thought-provoking movie. There are lessons in overcoming adversity, building the confidence to thrive, and the most hilarious sitcom moments. I'm going to kick off the series by sharing a few gems in our first episode. As a child, I loved fashion and have vivid memories of my favourite childhood outfits, along with the hideous hand-me-downs from my aunt, which together inspired me to study fashion design. My school years were distressing. I was the only Jewish girl in a white state school with hardly anyone from any other cultural background. Hard to believe in this day and age. The bullying was non-stop throughout the day and ignored by the teachers who did nothing to intervene. 
However, I scraped the grades to get into college and study for an OND in fashion design. Keen to go on and study tailoring, the college wouldn't let me apply to the university I wanted to go to, as they said their students weren't good enough. Great vote of confidence. So I applied in secret and was accepted by UCA Epsom School of Art onto their revered fashion design course. As my career evolved, I later discovered the college had never stopped bragging about getting a student into Epsom. My first critique with the course leader was more like an old-fashioned army reprimand. She went to town, yelling her head off about the appalling presentation I had slaved over for my first project and how it fell way below the standards expected of students at Epsom. She was on such a roll. I was distraught and in absolute floods of tears. But through heaving sobs, I managed to ask her to stop berating me and tell me what I needed to do to meet their expectations. I went away, bought all the art equipment and tools needed to raise my game, and my second critique was much better and a huge relief. I continued to strive to improve, ultimately going on to create a timeless women's wear collection of beautifully cut, tailored jackets with unique detailing, complemented by silk skirts and wide leg trousers in jewel colours inspired by a family holiday to Venice and Venetian architecture. I also came second in the year with my dissertation, which was a massive confidence booster for an introverted girl who wanted nothing more than to thrive, fit in and be accepted. I can gratefully say that that first harsh critique brought out my fighting spirit and was a lesson in determination and resilience. Through my work in fashion recruitment, I also see the standards at Epsom are still outstanding and achieved with an evolved mentoring that reflects a heightened awareness befitting the moment in time in which we live. I actually started my career in bespoke luxury interiors, learning about paint finishes and techniques, wallpaper, made-to-order furniture and styling a room before moving into fashion. One of my early roles was as a fabric buyer for a luxury occasion wear brand, working for one of the craziest family businesses imaginable. The parents founded the business, which was run by the mother, who was also the MD. She was sharp-witted, foul-mouthed and short-fused and prone to regular tantrums mostly aimed at the management team and her two long-suffering sons who'd been seconded into the business, despite the fact that both should have followed their own paths and passions in life, but were too weak to stand up for themselves. As a result, they behaved badly and were not respected by anyone. I was hired to manage the purchasing of all their sampling fabrics from mills in Scotland, Europe and the Far East, negotiating prices, lead times and quantities, and learning about the performance properties, end-use suitability and manufacturing of fabric. One of my funniest memories of the mother is of her having a gigantic argument with her youngest son, who was actually, I think, about 39 years old and had no short-term memory due to a brain hemorrhage a few years earlier. He actually shouldn't have been working as his lack of memory caused chaos. 
She was spinning out and losing it in the sample fabric storeroom. She was a diminutive figure and as her fury escalated, she picked up a giant roll of fabric and caber-tossed it across the room, missing me and her son, who leapt out of the way. It was so funny, we all burst out laughing, including her, while still spitting expletives at her son. I will share the story of how mini-tyranny doesn't pay in a future episode. Keen to evolve my experience and leave the madhouse, a friend in buying at Miss Selfridge mentioned there was a position going as a large-scale high street supplier who designed and manufactured women's tailoring and coats. Nurtured by colleagues and a devilish management team, I flourished in building successful relationships with buyers and used my creative eye to work with in-house designers on the creation of strong commercial product, continually increasing the value of my accounts. This proved to be one of my most valuable experiences. In the complex supply chain behind garment manufacturing, things can easily go wrong and fast fashion buyers were very often unforgiving, actively seeking to dish out penalties. Here, however, when something went wrong, the management team would crack a joke or three, depending on how bad it was, implement a solution and carry on. The banter was highly entertaining and the buyers loved them. It was a lesson in the power of positivity and it made them a fortune. An even more hilarious moment happened here. The chairman of the group was visiting one day. He was a giant of a man with a lion mane hairstyle. Imagine a long bouffant mullet style trump blow dry. He walked down the showroom steps and stood with the MD, posturing like a cat that had got the cream, looking down his nose at everyone while surveying us and making comments. As they walked back up, he tripped up the last step and very loudly headbutted the wall. Somehow, the MD kept a straightish face and quickly ushered him into his office and shut the door. I was sitting at the showroom table with my sales director. We were just staring at one another, holding our breath. When the door closed, we gasped for air and he made a quip about the wall surviving the impact. We all collapsed into hysterical laughter. The banter lasted for weeks. It was so funny and reminds me of a recent BBC scene from Miranda where she is starting as an office temp. As she gets out of the lift, her trousers somehow catch and half a leg rips off in the doors. As great as my time was here, I was a young 20-something female in a male-run business being paid 20k for handling accounts worth 5.5 million. And when I left to join a competitor, I increased my salary by 10k, which was closer to the market rate at the time. When the business I joined then folded nine months later, after losing two major accounts due to production problems, I felt like I needed a change. My next career step came courtesy of a random conversation with a recruitment consultant. He knew a girl looking for help to grow her budding one-woman recruitment consultancy. She had the gift of the gab and in a team of four, together we built a highly successful business, which was ultimately sold six years later and I went on to work for two other agencies 
setting up new divisions each time. Following redundancy when the global financial crash hit in 2009, friends, family and clients persuaded me to start my own business and I founded Fashion Heaven Inc. In my recruitment career, I have worked with global sports, fashion and luxury brands, including names such as Levi's, Reese, Burberry, Christopher Kane, Nike, Puma, Tommy Hilfiger, Ralph Lauren, Abercrombie & Fitch, Ben Sherman, Holland Cooper, Eris, Rafa Racing, Self Portrait and many more. Over the last 15 years, I have worked globally to build teams and recruit individuals at all levels. It has been a huge privilege to listen to the experiences shared throughout the interview process, which in turn has led to many friendships and inspired this podcast series. The highlights of my career in recruitment include annual travel to New York and Europe, extensive work with Reese, Burberry, Tommy Hilfiger and Nike. Some of the candidates placed at Nike 15 years ago are actually still there, having progressed through the ranks. Lots of my recent work has been with growing and emerging brands who are embracing sustainability through a variety of initiatives which include tree planting schemes that offset their carbon footprint, use of stock fabrics and natural fibres and in supporting artisan communities in Britain and around the world by cleverly combining traditional craftsmanship with a modern design vision to create slow fashion items that you will want to keep forever. As technology revolutionises our lives and industries, I have amassed valuable insights into e-commerce and the intricacies of digital marketing, online trading and PR done well. I also have deep expertise in product design, development and production from concept to consumer and all the processes in between. I feel as though the coronavirus pandemic has created an opportunity for us all to take stock, take a step back and reflect. And I will be asking, how does the industry get back on its feet and how do we as individuals redefine our lives to better serve our communities? In episode two of Broad Talents, I am speaking with Melda Bevanich, our London-based transatlantic PR expert, who will be enlightening us on all things PR with extracts from her LA and London-based experiences and a fascinating journey which includes her transition from employee to consultant, driven by humorous persistence and a never-give-up attitude.